Hello, advanced English learners. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Greg for our conversation. And we are going to talk today about Neuralink. So we'll get into that right after this. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so Neuralink. Some of you may have already heard of this. Greg, you want to give us a little bit of a recap slash summary, the TLDR of what Neuralink is? Yeah, sure. Neuralink is a company by Elon Musk, and it is designed to uh, research and develop technologies around brain-machine interfaces, which the shorthand for that is BMI. So brain-machine interfaces. So when you hear brain-machine interfaces, what comes to mind? Yeah, that's basically interacting with a machine, with artificial intelligence or AI. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, what I think of is specifically the ability to basically, yeah, I would say operate alongside machines, right? have this sort of uninterrupted interaction with machines, like you said. But the other part of it is to interact with other people even. So let's start to get into maybe what that would look like for civilization, for society, the ability to be able to essentially read each other's thoughts or communicate without speaking seems so futuristic to me. Yeah, I totally agree. And Before we jump there, maybe let's just give a little more context for how this works, right? I agree. So we're talking about like a chip, basically. An implant in one's brain, a chip that that would be surgically put in there. Exactly. So a computer chip, right? Every computer has a chip. Most devices have a chip. Your phone has a chip. This is just another chip. Your credit card has a chip, most of them do nowadays. This is a chip that they implant in your brain and it sits there and it's actually integrated with the neurons in your brain. Can you believe that? That's just so crazy. It's amazing, but it's a little bit terrifying too. Also the fact that somebody would have to undergo a medical surgical procedure. Already brain, I mean, I have a good friend who's a brain surgeon and just it, the amount of schooling it took to get there and the postdoc work, it's just so complicated, right? So the fact that this might be on the market in 
a few years just is so mind-blowing to me. Totally. Yeah. And it, it, to be clear, it is a ways off from being on the market. Yeah. But people are really excited about the possibilities. And I think that's now a good segue into what you're asking, which is what does a world look like where we have brain machine interfaces yeah. installed in us? I know. <laughs> and does that traverse multiple languages? Does it transcend communication altogether? Where does it align with just your thoughts? And is there overlap with just you having your thoughts and then maybe somebody chiming in and saying, oh, I'm here too, in your thoughts, in your brain. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about what's possible, right? Yeah. So what's possible is you can now interact with people and with computers, other machines, any device you can think of without saying anything. That's crazy. So without vocalizing or verbalizing. Yeah. It's funny, so many people, so I have a separate channel on communication and I can't tell you the number of people who have, I have a video about shaky voice and I can't tell you the number of people who have commented on that video about how their voice quivers or trembles when they're nervous. This is something that is very natural. It happens to many of us. And the fact that that could completely be eliminated with something like brain interface. Well, you bring up a very interesting point, which is maybe it isn't, right? Okay. So I think of sort of brain to brain interaction as just another form of communication. And so maybe we haven't done this, we don't know. But maybe when I'm communicating with you using my brain, maybe I also have kind of a shaky style of communication or a confident style of communication. I think that there still are gonna be communication styles when we're talking brain to brain. It's just that instead of vocalizing it, using our vocal cords and our diaphragm, we're using our brain directly. And my guess is probably one of the biggest challenges will be pacing the flow of thought. Because when we talk, we're naturally limited by our mouths and our vocal cords. When we're using just our brains, sometimes our thoughts race, right? There's that phrase, our, uh, racing thoughts. And you're trying to communicate with someone, learning how to slow down your thoughts so that they can be intelligible to the recipient is also really important. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, what if you're speaking in another language, mm. right? How does that play out with the brain interface? There's so many questions. And yeah. obviously no one has the answers yet because this hasn't been tried out yet. But I know that Elon Musk wants to get a human participant next year or if obviously several human participants by as soon as next year, which seems soon. They tested something on a monkey recently. Yeah, if you look up Elon Musk Neuralink demo, they showed a monkey moving a, a mouse cursor across the screen and doing some interactions with a computer yeah. just using its brain, which is pretty amazing. That's just so beyond. I know, it's totally nuts. So, you know, how long it takes to go from that to a human is anyone's guess. Yeah. Probably one of the biggest challenges will simply be safety. We're right. talking about inserting something yeah. into a brain. A brain is a very sensitive organ. Yeah. It's not something you do casually. Not willy-nilly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it would be interesting how the whole process of rallying participants would go. 
right? Like these yeah. clinical trials that they're going to be starting to put together. Obviously, it has to be voluntary. I wonder what, we're very future forward, but I'm not going to sign up for that on the trials. <laughs> yeah. When I was younger, I used to be really excited about, uh, how would you call this? Implants. Yeah. Implant technology. Yeah. Whether it's a chip or something in my under my skin, on my hand, so I can wave my hand to check out at a cashier. All these sort of cybernetic upgrades, cyborg type upgrades, right? Yeah. You're basically enhancing your body with mechanical parts. Sounds great in concept, yeah. but in practice, I've spent enough time now as I've started to learn software development and work with a lot of products and take products through their de development stages. I've learned how many things can go wrong yeah. and how many sort of hidden sort of problems there are behind the scenes. Often when you're using a product, let's say you're using Gmail or you're using Uber or Facebook, things feel pretty smooth. But if you get under the hood and actually look at what's going on, there's a lot of weird stuff happening there. There's a lot of errors taking place. Most of them are silent errors, so you don't really see them. There's a lot of stuff going on that you probably wouldn't want going on in your brain. With you being the person testing it out. Because if something were to go awry, meaning something were to go wrong, then messing up the brain, your brain waves and your neurons yeah. and the synapses could be dire. Sounds like bad news. The yeah. other thing, of course, is the risk of hacks. We'll be right back after this short break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, right? Yeah, so cybersecurity. This thing really can control your thoughts and you can control how you interact with other people. Let's say a hacker gets in there and suddenly they have control over you. That's not exactly an exciting prospect, in my opinion. Yeah, that's like completely being like you'll see that in sci-fi movies where they're like taken under a spell and they'll do things that they wouldn't in their right mind do. Um, they're in like a trance or whatever. I don't know what the term would be really called because, again, we don't have this technology yet. But it's really interesting. So what are some of the positives of this kind of technology? Like, why even go there? Like, why did Elon even say, okay, Elon Musk, we're not on first name basis, but why did he come up with this technology? Yeah, it's a fair question. I would say foremost in the short term is the medical applications. Say that yeah, you yeah. had a stroke and you've lost your ability to speak using something like Neuralink could be very powerful. That's true. We are paraplegic. Right, so taking the famous scientist Stephen, Stephen Hawking, he communicated through his computer. Yeah, so that yeah, would be a very robotic type voice. Yeah, so yeah, I can definitely see that as being a, an important step forward in the medical space. Yeah, it's a powerful tool yeah. to help people with handicaps, but his grander vision is to use this to enhance human productivity, mm. right? Just think about how much faster you can think about things than you can physically do them. So true. Now, my question there is when we're communicating with people, I always like to say it's important that we think before we speak so that we articulate our thoughts. We carefully think about how do we convey the message as best and as clearly as possible to effectively communicate. 
Now, that being said, if you're not able to filter your thoughts or really construct a well-formulated, as best you can, sentence, Mm -hmm. utterance, then is it going to be all jumbled and garbled? Because the way we think of something could be very different from how then we articulate it. Yeah, that goes to what we were discussing before, which is how does one communicate eloquently using their brain? And my guess is there is going to be a lot of assistance and processing by this chip to help filter and clarify what it is you're thinking to the other person. You can think of it almost like auto-tune. I was just about to say that. Oh my gosh. Maybe I communicated. I know. (laughs) Okay. So we have these moments where I'm about to just say something or Greg's just about to say something. I literally was just about to say, it sounds like auto-tune. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine these chips sort of auto-tuning your thoughts so that they're not a crazy jumble. Yeah. They come out as clear. And of course that opens up a whole new can of worms. Is it filtering the thoughts the way you would like it to? Is it taking liberties and basically choosing to decide it has an opinion on what you wanted to say versus what you actually wanted to say? Could you set a tone for it? Could you say, I want this to be assertive or I want it to be whimsical or I want it to be friendly? That's fascinating too. If you're prone to losing your temper, maybe you can use something like this to, you may have angry thoughts, but it'll filter (laughs) them and say them in a very pleasant way. I've seen this in movies where the, when there's a translator between two people, and the one guy's yelling and screaming, and then the translator politely translates it into some benign comment. Or shares the words without the emotions. So yeah, they're yeah. very like placid. Or that, yeah. That's so interesting. it'll be interesting having this intermediary. But going back to your original question, the point here is that hopefully it can accelerate our ability to do things. Yeah. It just takes one intermediary out of a process of going from idea to product, idea, to service, whatever it is that we as a human race are building, we can just do that faster and more efficiently. So if anything, this makes you know language learning, communication training even more important, puts that even more at the forefront than it already is, because we need to get even better, really, at articulating our thoughts, at communicating in a concise way, avoiding fillers when and where possible, things like that. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any getting around that. Whether we're communicating using our voices, our tonsils, or using a brain-machine interface, the art of communication, right, has so much more than, it's so much more than just the words that you're using and the grammar that you're using. It has to do with how you're saying it and how you're framing an argument, how you're forming your thoughts and ideas. So yeah, there's a lot more to it, and that won't go away just because we're using a BMI versus our normal voice. Fascinating. So much to keep a pulse on here and keep an eye out for because it seems like the technology is just getting so vastly compounded by everything that's happening that it's just accelerating. Yeah, everything seems to be empowering the other thing, right? So all these different parallel tracks of technology developing are converging and they converge and create just incredible efficiencies and superpowers. So that's exciting. And we just, we have to be mindful of the risks that come along with those superpowers. hundred percent. Yeah. With great responsibility comes, what is it? The Other quote, way around. With great risk. What is it? Just with great us. power comes great responsibility. All right. Is this Spider-Man. Star Wars? Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. Okay. Another universe I love, the Marvel universe. Yep. It again, one more time. Yeah. Spider-Man is now Marvel. That's right. What's that? With great power 
comes great responsibility. Right. So being able to harness that power responsibly. Yeah. I use think it. that was his uncle Benji telling him that, telling okay. Spider Man that. Because remember, okay, Spider Man's like a little boy. Yeah. And right. And it's so like use this wisely. One of his elders, it was his uncle Benji, I think, yeah. was told him. Use your powers wisely. It's good advice. Good advice. Yes. We'll cap it at this, but there's always so much more we can dive into. We welcome your feedback, your thoughts, your comments. So share that in the community. We'll continue the conversation because it's a it's always a good one. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you in the next one. Bye for now. Something very big is going live in January. If you've enjoyed the content we've put out on advanced English and Explearning, you're going to love what's coming next. If you've wanted an opportunity to meet your fellow Explorers in a welcoming and dynamic environment, then what we have on the horizon is going to be perfect for you. Keep an eye out for more details coming soon. Make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter because that's where you're going to hear it first. <laughs>